You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Katherman. And today we're actually going to take a break from our current series because once again in the studio, we have Eric Johnson with us. Welcome, Eric. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm Woo-hoo. excited to have you today. Last time, our listeners might remember we had you on because you were getting ready to release your new book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons, A Practical and Comparative Guide to What the Bible Teaches. And last last time we talked, it hadn't been released yet. Pastor Brian, you had a copy. And then mine came this week. So I'm excited right. to dive into it. But hey, Brian, you've already read it. Hey, Eric, before we jump in, how's it going on the release? Uh, actually, it's done really well. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I've done my best to promote it as well as I can. Uh, it, it, uh, the first week here, it's been uh, around 10,000, which is not bad for a new book on a narrow topic like Mormonism. That's so wonderful. I've been very happy with it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, uh, we specifically wanted to have you come back and talk with us about something very unique i think something i've not seen in any other the individuals who are doing apologetic work with the lds this is a this is a first that i've seen anyway and that is that you have um been using material from a former but not a longtime former a somewhat more recent former president of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints their prophet, Spencer W. Kimball. So we're not talking about going back to the King Follett discourse or going back to Joseph Smith. You're talking about something that uh, my family members and friends and people who are LDS, a book that they've read uh, for one reason or another from their prophet, and you're actually using that in evangelism. I found that incredibly interesting. It's in the it's in the eighth chapter of the book. It's on the topic of justification, uh, forgiveness of sin by faith alone. And and it just, I think, is an attention grabber for anybody who's reading it. You open up with a story about you being at the BYU campus or across the street from the campus, not having some stuff to hand out, and you start handing this out, then you discover, wow, that's a great conversation starter. But the part that I think is so uh, shocking is how in the world are you able to share a true gospel and have a true a conversation about Jesus Christ from material from that one? Yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah. So can we can we just, I mean, walk me through the process here and walk me through what these conversations look like. Yes, anybody listening who has a copy of the book can read some of this, but I just want to hear it from you a little bit. I mean, walk me through it. Oh, I, I actually wrote about this whole thing in, in our book, Sharing the Good News with Mormons, that was published by Beth or by uh, Harvest House back in 2018. And I explained in that chapter how I started the whole thing at in Ogden at the Temple Open House. I like to go to Temple Open Houses and stand outside because I want to tell people what is Mormonism compared to what is Christianity, because they're going to go into the temple as as part of the open house, and they're going to come away thinking it's all about families and what a great place this is. I want them to at least understand that there are evangelical Christians who disagree. We have produced a newspaper that we like to hand out, and it works very well for us, especially when we go door to door and hand those out as well. So we're trying to offer these out to people who are coming, and uh, nobody was was taking the newspaper. And this was like the first or second day out there. It's harder to do this uh, kind of an outreach in Utah compared to doing it outside of the state. Uh, I got kind of frustrated with my friend, Randy Sweet, who was with me in 2014 doing this. And um, it, and I, I said to him, you know, I, I just think that um, there has to be a better way than what we're trying to do right now, because 99% of everybody's LDS, and they're just so proudly walking by without looking at us. I said, let me go in my car. I, I, I had four or five 
The Miracle of Forgiveness is by Spencer W. Kimball. I, I just keep, kept them with me all these years. Do I'd hand them out occasionally and I would talk about them because it's a really good book to explain what, what it is that Mormonism teaches. So I, I, I got the books and I just started holding them up and saying, free copy of The Miracle of Forgiveness, a book every Latter-day Saint ought to read. I'm not a Latter-day Saint, but I have this so you can read it. And uh, I had no conversations before. In the next hour, I had about four or five books. How long do you think it took before I gave away all four or five? Not long. Not long. Actually, I did it for an hour and I didn't give away one. But really? I had about eight or nine, three to five minute conversations. People would walk up and they'd say, why are you handing out our book? Is and that, I said, well, is, is that because you, they already had it? Most oh, people that book. Have I've read it. that book. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. you're so I don't need to copy because I have right. one. Okay. Or they just don't want to take one from me. They want to buy it themselves. And at that time, the book was still available in print. So it's out of print now, though, right? It is now in 2015, the year after we started using this tactic. Well, after having those great conversations, we continued doing that for a few more hours. I did end up handing out all of the copies I had. But Randy and I kind of looked at each other and we said, I think this might be a strategy that could work. We ended up going to some uh, thrift stores and finding literally a dozen copies in two or three stores that we looked at. And we realized they're readily available because it was a bestseller for many years. It was originally written in 1969 by then Apostle Spencer Kimball, later the 13th president of the church, uh, a few years later, 1973, I think it was. So so uh, then I started to learn how to highlight them while watching football and basketball games. So I could still <laughs> enjoy watching the games. And I just, ha I have it wired. I could do this in my sleep. I have a little booklet that helps me to remember which pages to go to. But I highlight the very best places that you can go to to understand what the gospel is. And here's what I tell people, because they want to know, do I agree with Spencer Kimball? No, the, the answer is a definite no. However, I think he did a great job of exegeting the unique standard work passages having to do with salvation. I'm talking unique. They have four scriptures in Mormonism, the Bible, the King James Version, as far as it's translated correctly. But they also have the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, and Pearly Great Price. And he uses mostly those, although he'll use the Bible too, usually out of context, like he uses Matthew 548, be perfect. But, and I think that's taken out of its context. That's not saying what he says it says. But using those passages, every page practically, he has some kind of, of, of biblical or, or mainly a, a Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenant explanation of what that verse is all about. I like to say that Spencer W. Kimball was Nike before there was Nike. Just do <laughs> it. Just do it. And he's right because he quotes out of Moses chapter 7 and 1 Nephi 3, 7. Moses uh, chapter 7 is found in the Pearl of Great Price. 1 Nephi uh, 3 is found in uh, the Book of Mormon. And 1 Nephi 3 says that God does not give commandments unless they can be kept. And I, I, that's what Mormonism is taught. The commandments are possible to be kept. A lot of people. Completely, of, entirely. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Latter-day Saints have for many years believed that it's possible to keep that. I ask Latter-day Saints all the time, do you believe that the commandments were given so we can keep them? Well, there's two verses and they know those verses or somewhere in there they know. And I said, okay, well, well, great. Um, if it's possible to be kept, then and you're saying how often are are these supposed to be kept they say all the time how many of them all of them they know that every latter day saint does and i say okay 
well, how are you doing at that? And that's the magic of this book, because many Latter-day Saints do know what it says in there, except for younger people. I, I do really well handing the book out at BYU football games right before the game, because many people under 35, I would say, uh, don't know the book that well or have heard about it, but they've never had a chance to read it. They're very grateful to get the book that I have highlighted with some notes in there. And I have uh, I have these million dollar bills that I include in here. I'll, I'll give you a, a picture. Well, here's the here's the track that I have that has all kinds of information in it. And then I even have million dollar bills. And it's uh, with our friend Spencer Kimball right on the front. And with the gospel message on the back, we even have a website now, themiracleofforgiveness.com. So we invite the Latter-day Saint to read the book, to consider what it has to say, and then to ask themselves, are they capable of doing what Spencer Kimball said you had to do? Because he's the one who says that perfection is an achievable goal. He's the one who throughout from beginning to end very clearly teaches that if it's possible to do, then we need to be keeping the commandments continually, which is the only way for eternal life, which is exaltation or celestial kingdom in the Mormon vernacular. Well, okay. So let's, for our listeners, if you're listening, first of all, in the Introducing Christianity to Mormons book, Uh uh, you're very generous, which I appreciate to quote, and you're not taking one little snippet, you're taking a section, here's some stuff on this page, and it's an explanation in multiple sentences. Here's something from Kimball on another page, in multiple sentences, in a complete paragraph. So you're being very fair to his argument. And then I would say you're asking people to read his entire book. You're not saying, look at this one little thing, now let's deal with it. You're saying, look, read his whole argument which is a very, very generous and fair way to say, let's talk about it, read his entire argument, and then come back and tell me how this works. So you're really holding, you're holding Kimball accountable to Kimball's words. And you're saying, look, what do you think about this? How does this line up with what you believe? So that's a very fair way to talk about argumentation. But I'm wondering if you could tell me, like, let's, I could go through and read some of the quotes you provided, but maybe you could interact with a section. I don't know if you want to pick something, pick something from his book, pick something from your book that you've quoted, but let, just kind of show me how that conversation might play out if you're interacting with some of these highlighted passages. Well, uh, w- the way I, I'll do this out on the street today is I'll offer the book, free copy of The Miracle of Forgiveness. I'll say the same thing every Latter-day Saint on to read it. I wait for the reaction of Latter-day Saints who are walking by. It's best if there's a lot of traffic there. And uh, and so they'll be walking by. Most people will ignore me. But I can't tell you how often I have had people say, I have read it, and I think it's a wonderful book. So then I like to ask the question, okay, well, are you doing everything that Spencer Kimball said you're supposed to do? And that's yeah. really, really quick, just for our listeners, let's be reminded, yeah. this is a prophet of God who speaks for God, or did before he passed away, who was speaking for the church. I mean, this is a pretty, I mean, this is a big deal. So you're not even asking, hey, do you think you should do what I think you should do? You're saying, do you think you should do what your prophet thinks you should do? And you're bringing out a good point, Brian. Uh, Let me just say this. Let me give you some provenance for the book. This is a book just a few months after it was published. This is Richard L. Evans in the General Conference, out of all places to say this, in April of 1970 conference reports. He said, many of you would be familiar with President Spencer Kimball's wonderful work on the miracle of forgiveness. I witness to you that God is a loving father who will forgive and help us find peace and self-respect as we repent and show our sincerity by the lives we live. And there is nothing he asks of us that we cannot do. There is no requirement 
we cannot keep if we are willing, if we want to. Repentance is a miracle if it is sincere. Well, six months after the book gets published, that's what he says. And I'm going to tell you, Brian, you know probably better than anybody that Mormons want to do the right thing generally. They are trying their hardest. And he says there's no requirement they cannot keep. So uh, I'll give you another quote. This is uh, from General Conference, Apostle Richard G. Scott. He said, in the miracle of forgiveness, Spencer Kimball gives a superb guide to forgiveness through repentance. It has helped many find their way back. Uh, this would be the General Conference of uh, April of 1995 that was reported in the Ensign Magazine. And five years later, he said, I suggest that you read President Spencer W. Kimball's inspired book, The Miracle <laughs> of Forgiveness. Now, I don't call too many books inspired, but he called it inspired. It continues to help the faithful avoid the pitfalls of serious transgression. It likewise is an excellent handbook for those who have committed serious errors and want to find their way back. Read the last two chapters first to appreciate the full miracle of forgiveness before reading anything else. I'll come back to that. Uh, so save that little thought at the end. Read the last two chapters back. But let me give you a little more. If you go to the Church History Museum today, on the upper floor, they have the Hall of Presidents. Spencer Kimball has his, uh, his little corner that he has, and uh, there's a little display case. Guess which book is prominently displayed in the display? It's it's the miracle of forgiveness, uh, no doubt. Uh, this is a book that was turned. This is the copy of the 40th anniversary. And you can see that's a story of uh, 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 John chapter 7, 53 to 811. And right. Jesus and the adulterous woman. And a little later, I'll ask you if you think that Spencer Kimball thinks that Jesus uh, forgave that woman. But I'm going to show you something that's really special. 1998. This is a book. It's leather bound. It was made <laughs> into leather with gilded pages. This book was created. They used to give away, the first presidency gave away a different book every year. They chose in 1998 to give away the miracle of forgiveness. And they included a card in there. I think I have it in here somewhere. And this little card, uh, it's from the first presidency. Only employees could get this, by the way. Nobody could buy it. You can buy it today on eBay, usually about $30 or $40. And it says, we are pleased to present to you this classic edition of President Spencer W. Kimball's book, The Miracle of Forgiveness. President Kimball's enlightening teachings on the atonement of Jesus Christ are a precious treasure for all who would follow the, the Savior. So here we have a leather-bound book. We have... Um, we, we have books, uh, several million copies. I, we don't know the exact number. I, I guesstimate around 4 million could have been published over the time. And and that's a lot of copies for a church that at the time, you know, had between, you know, at 69, it was only a few million. And yet over the years, they, they printed it all the way to 2015. But to even have it today prominently displayed, uh, they, they, they created a, um, uh, a church series for Sunday school back uh they stopped a few years ago but uh back in i think it was 2006 or somewhere back then 2007 i think it was 2006 they published a book called teachings of presence of the church spencer w kimball they quoted the miracle of forgiveness more than any of of his other books 69 times including some of the quotes that i like to use they quoted it in this manual Latter-day Saints were supposed to study uh, two Sundays a month, when, back when they used to have three services. Well, so I'm just giving me, you the provenance. There's me, a lot let here. A, <laughs> let me read a, a quote, for example. I could read a few out of here, but let me read a quote that you provided yeah. in, your, in your Introducing Christianity to, to Mormon's book. 
uh, it's on page 325 of Kimball's book. It's on yeah. page 180 quoted in your book. And it says, forgiveness is not granted merely for the asking. There must be works, many works, and and an all-out total surrender with great humility and a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It depends on you whether or not you are forgiven and when. Uh, again, this is from this is from President Kimball. It could be weeks, it could be years, it could be centuries before that happy day when you have the positive assurance that the Lord has forgiven you, and that uh, that depends on your humility, your sincerity, your works, your attitudes. And I, I think the reason it's go ahead, go ahead, Eric. Well, what did you hear a whole lot of there? Did a you lot hear of anything? works. And uh, did you hear anything about Jesus? No. I mean, uh, there's nothing here that has to do anything with Jesus. It's about what you do. The onus is on your back. It depends on your humility, your sincerity, your works, your attitudes. Brian, that is Mormonism. Mormonism certainly believes in the grace of God uh, and faith. Of course, they have that. They believe in the atonement. There's no doubt they believe that. But unfortunately, they don't believe it the way we Christians do because they're only believing that for immortality, that Jesus came and died he suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane. Later, he died on the cross. He he provided a way for all people to go to one of three kingdoms of glory. The celestial kingdom is the goal of the three that every Latter-day Saint hopes to get to. Everybody, though, is going to get at least one of those. Terrestrial or telestial is more likely for the rest of us. But eternal life, exaltation, celestial glory, all synonymous terms, the only way you get it is you have to have your works get you there. It's it's a uh, uh, Doctrine and Covenants, section one, verses 31 and 32. For I, the Lord, cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. Nevertheless, he that repents and keeps the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. What do you have to do? Keep the commandments. Doctrine and Covenants, section 25, verse 15. Um, uh, it says, very. God is talking to, uh, to uh, Emma Smith, and he says, keep the commandments of God continually. And unless you do, where I am, you cannot go. So what is what is uh, Spencer Kimball saying in what you, you just cited? He is citing what the standard works teach. The onus is on your back. You must do it in order to qualify for celestial glory by getting your sins forgiven. You don't get them forgiven by just being born here. You get them forgiven by your works. Well, I think it's important for those who, who might not understand why some get a little fired up about this. Uh, you know, we're working through Romans, you know, probably from 117 all the way into deep into five, chapter five. Mm -hmm. uh, from the first chapter, Paul is making an argument that we are saved by faith and not our works. No one can boast. He shows all these examples. Here's, you know, an example from Abraham. Here's another example from Abraham. Here's another example. He just repeatedly making that argument. That's just one giant passage of scripture yeah. that identifies what Christianity is. And we could find numerous passages of scripture. So those who say, hey, we are Christians because this is what Christianity is from these scriptures, then to hear it completely contrasted, especially when Mormons will say, well, I think I'm a Christian. And we're like, but these are these are drastically different essential issues. And so I think that's I think that's a huge reason why this is such a big deal. But what you're doing is saying, look, this is from your own material. How does that line up with reality, at least as the Bible has shared. And if you want to reject the Bible, then I guess you got Kimball to go with. But how's that working out? I mean, <laughs> and I can't tell you uh, how many people who 
our Latter-day Saints seen me hand this out, get angry with me. He did talk about homosexuality. That's a big issue right now. It's a hot button issue of the LGBTQ plus. Uh, and he said that homosexuals cannot be Mormons and it's never going to be allowed. And oh, that really makes them angry about that. I've had people uh, um, stand near where I'm saying, uh, standing and, and saying to the people passing by, don't take the book. And they're Latter-day Saints. And I, I'm thinking, I'm not passing out quote unquote anti-Mormon literature, but then I'll try to explain to somebody like that. Look, I mean, I've got leather copies. I've got the Church History Museum. I've got quotes out of the leadership. I got a manual that you were supposed to study in 2006. Maybe you didn't study it very closely, but he's teaching the same things in there as he's teaching here. So either this man was a prophet of God, and if he was, he should have been teaching truth back in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s when he lived as you know this general authority, or he was not a prophet of God. I don't think he was a prophet of God, but he's not my prophet. He is supposed to have been the 13th president of this church, and Latter-day Saints are supposed to believe in him. You can disagree with him all you want. And that's happened a lot lately, especially with younger Latter-day Saints, this postmodern idea of I can pick and choose my own theology. And if I choose to reject Kimball, I've had people reject him. In fact, I've had Latter-day Saints, you won't believe this, uh, Brian Josiah, but I've had them say that they thought Kimball, by writing that book, was a false prophet. Their own words, not mine. Now, that's rare, but I've had that said to me because I've used this tactic. So I've handed out 1,400 copies of this book last count, uh, uh, and, I, and I put them together. I highlight them. Uh, I want I put in I put in some information for them to get. I, I want Latter-day Saints to consider what he has to say, because if he is a false prophet, as I've had several tell me, then he's not saying anything different than what the leaders are saying today. So, okay, so this is, I have one question for you and then I have a charge for our listeners and then we're out of time for the guy commuting to work. Yeah. He's like, I got to get into work. <laughs> so, so my question for you, Eric, is has the, has, so the book's out of print yes. um, and I'm assuming it was printed by one of the LDS owned print. Yeah, it was done by uh, Bookcraft. Uh, this one's Deseret Book, actually, but uh, Bookcraft did the original. The so it, could, it could still be, I mean, the church could choose to keep printing this. It obviously, uh, was a good seller. It probably would still sell. You're buying up used copies. But here's my question. Has the LDS church ever come out and said, this book is wrong. Kimball was wrong. Don't, if you're LDS, don't read this book. Have they ever, have they ever renounced this book? No, what they did do a few years ago, though, current apostle Neil L. Anderson wrote a book that kind of is supposed to take its place. It's called The Divine Gift of Forgiveness. Now you go, wow, okay, so maybe this book is no longer in, and maybe this is the book, Divine Gift of Forgiveness. You can go to our website, mrm.org. You can type in the copy or the, the book's title, The Miracle of Forgiveness, or you can type in The Divine Gift of Forgiveness. What I do in my review, Brian, is I lay out how Anderson is using the same verses, and he's saying exactly what Kimball said, except he's saying it in a nicer way. And, and, and But he's not saying anything different. He's not saying, oh, Kimball is full of it. Uh, the idea that you, uh, uh, you have to keep all the commandments. No, he said perfection is an achievable goal in here. And in so many words, without saying that exact way, uh, Anderson's saying the same thing. Divine gift of forgiveness conditioned on keeping the commandments of God continually. Well, I got one charge real quick, Joe. I know we're out of time, but we have listeners that are around the country in different places. So I just want to encourage that 
if they'd be so willing to go into their used bookstores and just just take a peek for this book, see if they can find the book, and either one, give it to an LDS friend and have this conversation with them, which yep. you can see how to have the conversation if you go to if you pick up the Introducing Christianity to Mormons book by Eric Johnson, this new book, great book. Uh, if you pick that up and you go to that eighth chapter, you can see exactly how that conversation might go. But uh, if you're not in a position that you don't know anybody, you could send those into Mormon Research Ministry. Is that right? Sure. You can find the address at mrm.com and you'll give them out. Oh, I, I do. And I've, like I say, given out 1400 and yet most people aren't going to take it because they already have the book for most people who, who uh, walk by me. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, if they get it for themselves, I do recommend they keep it for themselves. Uh, go to our website, themiracleofforgiveness.com. I have a PDF there where I show you where to highlight. You can highlight, you'll see the best things in there. Just highlight all those things and then uh, take it to your LDS friend. As you suggested, it's a great suggestion. Hey, I picked up this book called The Miracle of Forgiveness. I'm just curious, have you ever heard of it? Oh, sure, I've heard of it. You know, I, I, I'm just wondering, I have some questions that I have because I read it and I actually have some highlights in here too. I'm wondering, would you be willing to sit down with me at lunch and, and let's talk about it? I've had people do this to great success. And uh, I mean, uh, a lot of Latter-day Saints have never read this book the way that I want them to read it, that they're supposed to keep the commandments of God continually. And if they're not doing it, they're not going to the celestial kingdom like they think they are. Right. Right. Very fascinating. Well, we love having you on, Eric. Every time we do, I feel like I need to leave with homework and more research to do. <laughs> so thank you. I'm sure we'll have you on again. It's always a pleasure. Hopefully this is a book that our listeners can add to their toolbox. And if you're looking for other books for your toolbox, Introducing Christianity to Mormons, it's now out, Eric Johnson, wherever books are sold. Thank you so much. Until next time. We should give them the website. Oh yeah. MRM.org. Is that right? Best place That's to find it. Right mrm.org and the the for this book here the miracle of forgiveness the title of it.com perfect until next time <laughs>